Well, we're going to get into um, the book of Acts. We're going to jump around on you. Uh, we're going through John here as a church. And, um, but it's been amazing. We've been, we've been doing the book of Acts out in Polina. And it's just, I mean, it's no surprise, right? Because it's the word of God. But it's just been going just like hand in hand. Your home groups could be the same for both. It's been for John and the book of Acts. It's, so it's been amazing is going through both of them side by side. So um, I don't think it'll throw us off too much today. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 14, it's where we'll be at today. And uh, so many new faces, which is praise the Lord for that. I just, I'm Joe Papinaw, I'm one of the elders here. Um, my wife and I, we got three kids. My wife's a teacher out in Polina. We live out, out that way. And so we're a part of the, the church out there and being an elder here. And Rory's out of town um, messing around. Just, let's, let's be honest here. Anyway, so he asked me to step in. And um, so that's where we're at. And uh, so let's get into it. So before we jump in, if we just back up to... Acts chapter 13, the previous chapter, um, it's like, it's where, it's the first, like, mission from, sent, the guys are sent out from the church. Now, prior to this, there's all kinds of persecution, all kinds of stuff, and people are, are being sent out, but their, their mission call is run for your life. This is, in the, the previous chapter, chapter 13, this is uh, actually where the church in Antioch, we're going to talk, there's two different Antiochs, but this is where the, the church actually sends Paul and Barnabas out to go make disciples um, and, uh, and just share the gospel. And the theme verse for the book of Acts is um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Just so we have it in our minds and we're thinking about it because this is, this is what our lives as Christians look like. This is what our lives, these guys' lives look like as the church started growing, okay? And so it says... Um, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Okay, that's the theme of the book of Acts. And that, that's the theme of our lives as Christians. It's, and we'll get into this, but it's just the gospel is not something we keep to ourselves. Jesus isn't something we keep to ourselves, right? And so we exist simply to go proclaim the word of God. First, uh, Colossians 1.16 says, everything was made through him, for him. You can't get around that. That's why we exist. Okay? And so with that, there's persecution. There's trials. And there's um, what we're going to be talking about. The theme of today, the title for today, is perseverance through that. Okay? Nowhere does it say in the Bible that, Man, life's going to be great and easy and, and smooth sailing the second you, you say, all right, Jesus, I want you in my life. Okay, so as we're thinking about that and as we're going through this today, I want you guys to think about we're not always going to have the things that happened to Paul and Barnabas and the other disciples and the apostles in the Bible. You know, that might not be the story that God has for us. We might not be martyred. We might not see the same persecution that they went through, but... When we give our lives to Christ, be thinking about that as we're going through this day, how it applies to us, because we have hard times, we have trials, they just look a little different for each and every one of us. But the idea is that we still always are running to Jesus, 
run to Jesus, run to Jesus. No matter how hard our day gets, it's constant like, oh, Lord, help me, okay? So that's how we can maybe apply it because we just don't know. Maybe we're not going to be persecuted the way these guys were, but it's still all the same context. So in the end of chapter 13, um, Paul and Barnabas, they're in Antioch of of Pisidia, okay? So um, you can picture this of when they're sent out from the different Antioch, they go west to the island of Cyprus, okay? And this is their missionary journey. And then from Cyprus, they go north to the Antioch of Pisidia, okay? And that's where they're at in chapter 13. Well, right here at the end of chapter 13, um, verses 49 to, what is it, 52 here. I'm sorry, let's go 50 to 52. Okay, so they're, they're in Antioch, and uh, things aren't going great for them. And it says, But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their region. Okay, so they were kicked out of, their, out of there. They're like, we don't want any of this garbage you're selling. Get out of here. Okay? And so let's see what they do in, in verse 51. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them. And came to Iconium. And that's where we're going to be at today. And so, where do we, does that sound familiar? Kicking the dust off their sandals and, and just saying, all right, you don't want it. We're not selling it to you. Does that sound familiar to anybody? It's in Matthew chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. We still got nothing up there? Um, and I'll just, it's just two verses. I'll read to you really quick. And this is Jesus talking, Okay. And he's, this is where he sends out the 12 apostles. And they're, they're in Israel. They're, this is just to the Jewish people, not to the Gentiles. And, it's, and Jesus says, And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake the dust off of your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. That's pretty strong words. Sodom and Gomorrah, you guys can look that up, is a story of some pretty bad stuff, right? Some, some very carnal people. And it's worse, he's saying, if they're not going to hear you, dust your sandals off. You don't even want them to take their dirt with you, pretty much. He's like, just get out of there. Okay, so Paul and Barnabas, they know that. They know these, what Jesus had said. And so this is one of those times. This is one of those times where the people are saying, leave us alone, we don't want your stuff, and so they leave, okay? So that's what, they're leaving there, they just get kicked out, and in fi- chapter 13, verse 52, this is the part where, where we need to constantly be persevering through trials, because this is what it says, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy to be kicked out of there. Must be because they got a day off. That's not it, okay? That's not it, it wasn't, as we'll go through this, that's not what they're thinking, they're filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They trust the Lord. That's why they're filled with joy and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So it's never been said it'll be easy following Jesus in any aspects of our lives, right? It's not going to be easy. Yes, we will feel good. God makes us feel good, but it's not going to be easy. So let's get into today's text. Um. Now, let me back up. Okay, I'm going to give you a little, we are getting into it, but here, I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little insight here. So, so like I said, they, they get kicked out of Antioch, right? And um, they go, 
they go on this march. It's like a, it's hill country. It's, it's north about 90 to 100 miles to Iconium. Um, and so that's where they're going. And just a little fun fact is we're going through the Bible and, and the New Testament and stuff. And so, and we're going to go th- to a couple different places in the scripture today. And just remember, like when you read the book of um, Galatians, where Paul is talking to the churches in Galatia, Galatia is all of these areas. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's not just one city when you read that. It's comprised of many different cities. And this is also, they believe, where the journey, the missionary journey where Paul got malaria, you know, and it's because in Galatians, it also talks about where his, he just, his eyesight was terrible and, and, um, it was just, the malaria was so painful and had headaches, he couldn't see. And it was like long-term damage of his eyes as well. And, and, um, so just the point of that is simply that they're just, these are some more of these troubling trial times that Paul was persevering through with the strength of Jesus by, by running to Jesus and staying with the gospel of Jesus. So let's get into it finally. Verse uh, 1 in chapter 14. Now it happened in Iconium that when they went together to the synagogue of the Jews... And so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. So Iconium is also not a Jewish city. This is a Roman, this is a Roman city. All these areas are Roman areas. So to have a synagogue, a Jewish synagogue in one of these cities, it would take at least, by, by their laws and their rules, it would take at least 10 Jewish men to have a synagogue. So Paul and Barnabas get there. And they, uh, they're like, well, this will be the first place to start. It makes sense to start here. These people are obviously going to the synagogue to worship God and learn about God. Like, let's go there. Let's start right there. And so it, it goes on to tell us that that's what they did in that verse because it says a great multitude um, believed, both Greek and Jew. And so the Greeks, is, if you guys don't know, is simply Gentiles, anybody that is not Jewish. In verse 2, it goes on to say, but, and isn't there always a but when, when, when good things are happening for the Lord? Like Satan's always trying to get in there, right? There's always a but. And here it is. It says, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Okay, Luke is, is if we tear this apart, Luke's really painting a good picture here that, um, that these, these guys were believing. Okay, so when it's talking about the, these unbelieving Jews, they stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds. So before being poisoned, they weren't poisoned, okay? And we just read in verse 1 where it said that there were some believing ones. So some of these guys, some of them, these Gentiles, they started to believe. They started to like kind of get some traction and, and, and think this, this gospel and this guy Jesus, the Savior of the world, for, and realizing that we're sinners, this is the gospel, Right? They're starting to, to believe that, and then all of a sudden it doesn't take much. These guys that don't believe, it, it, um, they just like pull the rug out from underneath them, and, and they're, just, they're okay with that. And does that remind you guys of anything, of any other stories in the Gospels? When I read that, I was thinking instantly. I was like, man, this, this sounds like the parable of the soil, right? And we can turn there if you want and look at that. And that's uh, like in where I, it came to my mind is uh, in Mark chapter 4. Um, where Jesus is talking again, 
And he says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. You can, you can call that the unbelieving Jews. They never believed to begin with. They didn't want nothing to do with it. Okay. And it happened. Oh, no, no. I read that. Verse five. Um, some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth, but the sun was, uh, but the sun was up, it was scorched and became, and because it had no root, it withered away. Okay, doesn't that sound a little more like, like these guys, these Gentiles that started to like the idea of Jesus, but then easily went away? Well, it goes on to even more. There's, there's like more categories of, of people, that, and this happens today, constantly. There's, odds are, if I can be bold enough to say that there's some of us in this room that like have bounced in these areas and goes on to say, and some seed fell among the thorns. This is the hardest part, you guys. This is the world today. This part right here, verse seven. And some, some seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it out and yielded no crop. And then the good news, it goes on to say, but other seed fell on good ground, yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100. Okay, so the world, were, were, uh, seeds were planted in this church in, uh, in Iconium, right? We see that <clears throat> many believed. And then they quickly, their minds were changed because of the world, the people in it, the Jews that didn't believe. They were, it was choked out. But there was a glimpse of hope there. Like Paul and Barnabas saw that. They saw that there was still, you know, some were believing. There, there was a little spot of that speck where they liked the sound of Jesus and the idea of it. But just the fallen nature of us, some of them, some of them fell to the world and just they were choked out. So what they do in verse 3, they knocked their, the dust off their sandals again and left. It's not what it says, does it? says the opposite. Do you believe that? Like, think about this. They just got ran out of Antioch. Then they start to get some traction here in Iconium. And then they, they get this, these Jews stir up some people against them. And what do they do in verse 3? It says, therefore, they stayed there a long time. That's interesting, isn't it? Is that what we would do? Man, that's, these guys are, these guys are solid, aren't they? They stayed there a long time. You all, I want to touch on this a little bit. They saw the fruits. Doesn't the Bible constantly talk about you'll be known by your fruit? So the, Gent, or the Gentiles, Barnabas and Saul, they saw this. They saw fruit in these guys. Now, when we're talking about, and I don't want to hang on this too long, but I, I think it applies because it's very obvious that that's, that's how they, they knew that they needed to stay there you know, the Lord allowed them to see and bless them to be able to see the fruit in other people. And so when we talk about, oh, that person's acting like a heathen, man, they're not saved. Now, as Christians, we understand like, well, it's not up, up to us and there's no way we could possibly know that. So it'd be foolish for us to say that, right? It'd be really foolish just on the one, you'd hang your hat on the one part of, uh, what about like deathbed conversions, or Jesus is on the cross and you have the guy next to him, the, rob, the thief next to him that says, you know, like uh, yells at the other thief, says, you're a fool pretty much. And 
says, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? I'm totally paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly how that goes. But you guys know what I'm talking about. And Jesus says, I'll see you in heaven. Right? So that, my point is that just shows it would be foolish, foolish for us to say at any point that we know if someone's saved or not saved. Okay? But we can say as a brother and sister in Christ or someone that loves people and wants to see them come to Jesus... We can, it's the same blessing that these guys have. We can see fruit in somebody or not see fruit in somebody. And what would that be for? So remember that we are here only for God, to be used by God. That's why we exist. Okay, so that's to go and come to people and say, man, you know, and this will look different ways, you guys. I'm not putting in a box how you go and talk to a brother or sister that is stumbling or falling or not walking with the Lord. We're, we're supposed to do it lovingly, no question. But that fruit is how we know if somebody is or isn't. Think about it. The, the creator of the world created power. So you can think of the most powerful thing in the world man made. Well, God created that. He, so the most powerful thing in the world lives in somebody, and God made that person for his glory to be, to be used. People, God's coming out of you. If God is, if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, the most powerful thing ever, they created power. If he's inside of you, he's coming out of you. Okay? That goes back to that, that idea of like, oh, just between me and God and, and, and I, only God knows my heart and this. Well, sorry. Not my words, you guys. Look it up yourself. The Bible says that that's not the case. If, if Christ is in you, Christ is coming out of you. And so it's a blessing that we get to see fruit from people and or not fruit so that we can run to them lovingly to let them know, hey, Jesus loves you. Here's the gospel, however that would work in each particular situation. So that's what was going on. That's what Paul and Barnabas saw, okay? And the other thing to note here about how they stayed there a long time, even though there was this this, um, persecution and they were just persevering through Think about it. Discipleship. Is it just like, okay, I'm saved today, and boom, we're good. That's it. No, not at all, is it? Discipleship? Disciple is simply a student, a learner, someone that wants to learn. But isn't that the key, wanting to learn? We just read where, um, where Jesus just um, told the disciples to knock the dust off their feet. He said, if they won't hear you, they didn't want to hear you. Okay, so... So discipleship takes time. It takes this, what we're doing today, you guys, week after week, not just on Sundays, in home groups, in fellowship, here and there. Just Jesus is our business, and we're about his business. Okay, that's what learning and just being humble enough to realize I don't have it all figured out, and I won't until I'm in glory in heaven with Jesus, which that's amazing. That's something to look forward to, continue to learn. I don't know about you guys, but man, the more that I'm learning like the more I'm just, I, it, it fills me up and, and full of energy. I mean, learning about, I'm, I'm just a ranch hand. But man, the more I learn uh, in just in the ranching and the farming world, I love it. Like come to farming, like I'm always calling Adam or Mark. And I'm just like, hey, what would you guys eat here and there? And they're just like telling me, yeah, try this, try that. And like, I don't forget it usually because I love it. I like, I want to learn. Well, that should be our lives and what we think about with Jesus and the word of God, not just come here to get filled up and then leave and then come here to get filled up. And then it's like, it's to learn and then to go out. I heard a pastor say it like this. 
I'm going to probably mess this up. There's five things that our lives should look like as a Christian and as we grow. And um, the first thing, right, you get saved. Okay? And then the second thing is you're sensitive. Like you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, what is this? I remember all those times the Lord was saying, no, no, don't do that. Okay, you know, back and forth. Now you're starting to figure it out because you're saved. You're like, okay, so you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You want to hear it. Okay? And then, oh, what's the other one? We're saved, sensitive, and then um, uh, service. Then you start wanting to, like, serve and be involved. And you're like, it's kind of a new way you're learning how to love people. Because you could love people prior to this, but if it wasn't through Jesus, this is a new way. So then, you know, you're wanting to, uh, you're wanting to serve, serve in the church. You wanted to talk more about it, okay? And then the, the third thing or fourth thing is saturated. Okay, now you're saturated with the Spirit. Like you want, like the whole book of Acts is continually being filled with the Spirit. We've been even learning about that in John. Okay, then you're saturated with the Spirit, right? Then the fifth thing, what is it? You're sent out. That's what, in some capacity... That's what our life should look like as a Christian, right? We're saved. Let's try this again. Okay. We're saved. You guys got nobody listening? I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Sensitive, service, saturated, sent out. Hey, look, this is like these things when you ask yourself, does my life look like this? this that, that part is between you and the Lord, right? I'm not... I'm not here to convict anybody. That's like the Lord will take care of that. The Holy Spirit will take care of that. But that would be a tough one to argue as you, as you, this is our foundation. And this is what teaches us. And we're apostles, or I mean disciples, we're students, okay? Man, I rambled way too long on that. That's not even in the notes. Okay. So um, that's what, that's what the, the Paul and Barnabas are though. You know, they, they are these examples so even when it's hard, even when, these, when tough things are happening, they just continue on doing these things, and, and they, and they want to continue to disciple these people. That's why they stayed a long time. And it goes on to say there in verse 3, who uh, bear witness to the word of His grace, God's grace, granting witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. You guys, as, as um, I think it would be helpful for us as we're going through rough times and, and things are hard, I think instead of pulling back and sulking and, and, and doing the opposite of what Jesus calls us to do, maybe we should go find somebody else that's going through a hard time. And so we can like lift each other up and, and just point each other towards Christ to help us through those hard times. Because if we try to bear down and do it ourselves, guess what? You're going to sit there and spin yourself in a circle. And I'll bet you most of you know what I'm talking about. Okay? It's just rough if we don't run to Jesus. So let's run to each other. And that's how God made community. As we go through the book of Acts, it's constantly talking about in one mind, one accord, together as the body, the church, the people. So find somebody. Encourage each other. Verse 4. But the multitudes of the city was divided. Part sided with the Jews and part sided with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse them and stone them, uh, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra, Derby, and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to 
the surrounding regions. Okay, you guys, again, we're not promised, we see it again, we're not promised that the world will love us. Um, little story. So, I, you know, like, it's no different than a lot of your stories. I was just a carnal, filthy sinner outside of Christ before, like, I just finally submitted and said, okay, Lord, I hear you finally, okay? And so I, that's the life I lived and then the, the crowd I ran with. And, um, you know, you can be a good person, but you can still just live in a carnal life. Now, that, that was me. And so um, I had a couple of buddies, and when I first was saved, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that I, my life changed the moment I was saved. It was just the way the Lord did it for me. It's different for other people, but it was radical. It was just one day this way, the next day that way, and, it, and it's never been the same since. And so I'm talking to a buddy back home, and he's just mad at me. He's like, what are you thinking? There is no God. And he, like, this got, and of course, I was very immature in my face, so this started to get heated. You know, and I had nothing to even rebuttal about it, except for I just knew, which that's not good enough evidence. It's like, oh, it's your feeling, Joe, big deal. Okay, and then... So that happened, whatever, got over it, and then um, just, I don't know, maybe last year, um, another buddy of mine I grew up with, and you guys, these are still my, as far as I'm concerned, they're my friends. I, I think they feel the same about me, but uh, we, don't, we don't hang out so much anymore, and, and I, I was talking to one of them, and I guess they were out driving around doing the normal thing, and uh, uh, the last time I taught was at the park, and, and so they, they were watching that on YouTube or whatever it was, and they were having a go at me, you know, and uh, which... I deserve that. You guys know that if you know me at all. But anyways, um, you know, I just thought, I just laughed along with it, and I just thought, that's okay. You know what? The Bible tells me that's going to happen, right? That's what the Bible says. So what does that do? That just proves the Bible's more real. And so I'm not just saying that to, like, convince myself to not have my feelings hurt. That's literally where I land. Because I have that information right here. It's nothing new. This has been happening for thousands of years to Christians all over the world. And I was blessed to be one of them. Now, don't hear that, like, this is some terrible persecution against poor Joe. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, praise the Lord, because you, you guys just proved the Bible is even more real. And who knows? Maybe I hope they watch this and to make fun of me again about it, right? Because <laughs> we're going to go through this. It's going to... If, uh, if I quit getting off pace here, we're going to get to a part of like where Paul uses um, the world and creation to prove that God is real. And where I get that is because of my buddy saying, what are you thinking? God's not real. Why do bad things happen to good people? You know? Anyways, I don't want to go, go that far. But anyway, so hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll see this, you guys. The point is, is that, uh, man... It's going, to be, it's going to be tough when we just truly have Jesus as the Lord of our lives. People don't really talk like that that I am aware of anymore, like the Lord of my life. All that just means is like I'm a slave to God. And that sounds terrible this day and age, but it's not terrible. I'm obedient to God because when I'm obedient to anything besides God, it's self and sin. And that puts me right back where I was when God found me. And it straight to hell is where I was going, personally. That's a fact, okay? And um, I forgot where I was going with that. Anyhow, 
Come on, you guys, let's focus and pay attention. <laughs> so sometimes it's time to say, and sometimes it's time to go, right? So they stayed a long time there, and then now they hear about they're going to um, persecute them some more and stuff, and so they take off and they, they run to Lystra and Derby and these other places in, in uh, uh, Laconia. So in verse 7, Laconia, that's not right. Um, verse 7, and they were preaching the gospel there. You guys, we can't forget that as we're going through these stories. That was their mission no matter what. That was what they were doing, was preaching the gospel. You're a sinner. You're going to die in your sin for eternity in hell. But the good news is Jesus loves you and he wants you. He wants your life. He wants all of you. And that's what they're preaching. Verse 8, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw that Paul had done this, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Okay, here's some... um, some of the signs and wonders, you guys, right? This is pretty amazing stuff. The Lord is using them. This, this guy that's sitting there, he, he was hearing the word of God, and it changed his mindset, and he, and he had faith. And the Lord blessed him through that. But let's talk about the signs and wonders, when we see signs and wonders, I believe that they, that stuff still happens today. I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, it died with, with, um, with um, the disciples and, or the apostles and all that. That stuff absolutely still happens. But here's the problem, can be the problem, is when we're focused on the signs and the wonders, on them, what are we missing? We're missing Jesus, aren't we? Because the signs point to Jesus. Isn't that what a sign does? I don't know because I'm good enough with navigating. I don't need signs. But when I'm driving, ask Courtney. <clears throat> She's not here. I can say that. Anyhow, so that's the problem though is when you, got, you, get, you, you get hung up on the signs and the wonders instead of saying like, is, that, is this sign wonder pointing me to Jesus and the gospel of Jesus? That's what happens when you get out there when you don't do that, when, when it's not tested to the word of God, tested to the foundation of the word of God. You get out there and all of a sudden you're coming up with some weird stuff. You guys have heard all the stories and, and maybe even have kind of dabbled and trickled and kind of been pulled in some directions that weren't biblical because of stuff. But look, it's, it's nothing to be scared of. It's great. Signs and wonders are to point you to Jesus. And so that was the sign of wonders here of this guy being healed was to point people to Jesus. And it gets pretty crazy here. These people start raising their voices, it says, in their own language. Well, the problem was uh, Paul and Barnabas, they couldn't understand this language. They're just like, man, these guys, man, we did good. These guys are loving us. This is awesome. And uh, let's go on to (laughs) see what it says here. Well, let me back up. So before I get into what it says here, just a little, um, so we kind of understand what's going on in this time. So there's old legends in this town of, um, of Lystra. And the old legend is that um, the, the, there's these two gods that we're going to see here, Zeus and um, Hermes. 
the gods came down to their town as paupers, as poor guys, you know, and they went around house to house asking for help, and um, nobody would show them ho- um, any hosp- hospitality. Is that right? Hospitality. Nobody would show them any hospitality except for this old couple. And so the old couple takes them in, and so these gods, these pagan gods, and this is what happens, right, when you, you, you don't have a foundation or anything, it just it gets out there just like this. These pagan gods worshiping all kinds of stuff, they destroy the whole city except for these two old people because they were nice enough to take them in. So now back into it, fast forward into this time. So they're speaking this language. They're saying these gods come back down as men. They think, oh, they came back. We don't want to mess this up. We need to, we need to love these guys so they don't destroy the whole town again. And so that's what they do. And in verse 12, it goes on to say, and Barnabas and they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, who, whose temple was in the front of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and they ran among the multitude, crying out, and uh, saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you, and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things. To the living God, who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all the things that are in them, who is bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not have leave himself without witness, in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrifice to them. Okay. So we have um, Paul and Barnabas. They're stoked. They think they preached a good message. Uh, I'm not implying that they're taking any of the glory themselves, but um, they can't understand these guys. These guys are jumping around. All of a sudden, they see him bringing down some stuff to sacrifice, and then they're like, uh-oh. They're getting it figured out, right? They're like, oh, no, 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 you guys, don't, don't start doing that. We know what they're doing. And so in verse 14, it says they, um, they tore their clothes. That was for two reasons. The Jewish culture, when something was complete blasphemy, they would, they would tear their clothes. But it's also thought that they probably did that to like, hey, look, we're flesh and blood. We're, we're not gods. We're, we're just men. And so they're, they're just crying out to them like, no, this is a bad idea. Okay, and so this part right here, you guys, in verse 15, we don't want to miss. This is, this, is, this is the gospel. And so it says there, and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men with the same nature as you to preach to you that you should turn from these useless things and to the living God. The part that we need to understand here, you guys, and um, maybe you guys know and maybe you don't, but repentance, when we think of repentance, isn't it always like, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did, forgive me, isn't that, that's what we think of when we think of repentance. That's, that's correct in part, but what repentance is, is turning away, going the opposite direction than the way you were going. Like I just said, where I, I was personally radically saved. Like I was going this way and then turn around and going that way. 
That's repentance. Because you can't be going this way and that way at the same time. It's impossible. You can't be going towards God and be going towards self and sin in the world. Right? You can't do those at the same time. Now, there's an exception. Like, mothers, they have eyes in the back of their head. Any other creature on the planet cannot do this. Moms can. I'm just kidding, of course. But, um, so yeah. Anyways, that's, that's what he's saying here. He's like, so he's talking about He's talking about repentance to these guys, and he's talking about faith. So when he says you should, he preaches to them, it says you should turn from these useless things. And then when it says useless there, it's, it's implying empty, okay? These useless things. And then it says, so you turn from these useless things, and it says turn yourself to the living God. That's faith. Repentance and faith. That's what they were doing. That's what they, that's what they were preaching, it says. Um, the second part of verse 15. Talking about knowing where he just... This is amazing, you guys. We don't want to miss this, okay? This is where Paul is explaining to them... Um, he's explaining to them how they, how they should know, right? Because they grew up... This is a Roman city. There's, you know, they have like one synagogue there, sounds like. So they, they didn't grow up knowing Jesus. They grew up knowing this pagan stuff. So... No one's told them, we can assume. So, you know, how are they supposed to know? Well, Paul goes in to tell them right here how they're supposed to know. To the living God who made heaven, earth, the sea, and all the things in them. This is it right here, guys, in verse 16. Who in bygone generations allowed nations to walk their own way, allowed nations to to live in self and sin. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. You guys, that makes me think of, of, uh, of Romans chapter 1. Okay, Paul's, Paul's um, talking to the Gentiles right, near, right in Romans here. And this is how we know people, this is where people would like to debate, like, well, if you're loving God, what about people in the Congo that have never heard, don't have Bibles. Like, what about them? They must be going to hell. Well, yeah, some of them, but some of them not. Here's why. Paul goes on to explain it even a little bit better, I think, in, in Romans. Chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress or hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because... What man be known of God is manifested or evident in them. I'm sorry, what may be known of God is evident in them, in men. For God has shown it to them. You guys, don't miss this. For sin, this, this is a good one to keep in the, our back pocket as we go out and we're sent out, right? The five things, the last thing, we're sent out to evangelize. Keep this in your back pocket. For, in verse 20, for, for this, since the creation of the world, his visible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so that we are without excuse because although they knew god they did not glorify him as god nor thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened perfect here's the other part this is common right this is joe 
professing to be wise, but became fools outside of Christ, and changing the glory and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man. There's, we're without excuse. All of creation screams that there's a creator, right? We're talking about design. If I tell you that this piano, nobody designed that. That was like thousands and millions of years of pressure and and water and, and erosion and stuff. That's how that piano was made. He's like, all right, I'm out. See you later, right? It, it was designed. Yeah, it was designed by a man, but it was designed to do something, right? Okay, I, I have another one. <laughs> Women. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's amazing. It's amazing. But it's freaky. A human grows inside Women. Weird. If you're Alex Muller, two of them at once. <laughs> That's weird. A human growing inside of another human. <sighs> right? Like, they made movies about that. No, but okay. Deny creation. De- deny design. <laughs> Come on. You can, you, people can't. Right? If someone wants to give this a fair try, you can't deny it. There's, and that stuff is everywhere. Right? That's everywhere. That's what, that's what Paul is talking about. That's what he tells these people that are trying to worship them as gods. And that's what he's telling people, the Gentiles that here in Romans as well. Well, I better wrap it up. I've been going too long. Um, man, there's a lot more good stuff in this chapter. But um, worship team, you can come up. And um, man, you guys, so I guess to... Uh, Put a bow on this, if you would. I just think about tough times, tough weeks. And again, maybe we're not being persecuted. Maybe we're not being hated. You know, it's different for everybody. But I do think it applies when we're talking about perseverance by running to Jesus. Is, and and it's, it's different. Some people's hard week is different than other people's hard week. Some people's hard week is they got a family member dying of cancer or they've got their workloads too heavy, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter. All that matters, it's a hard week. Like, I could say, like, this week was kind of hard for me. Just tons to do. It felt like everything was going wrong that could go wrong, you know? And that's just the way it goes. I mean, you can't control cattle. I wish you could. It shows what kind of cowboy I am. Anyways, um, but you know what? And you guys, you, guys will, this, you guys will resonate. I know you'll resonate with this. Like, so... Okay, it starts out like a little bit rough. Like, oh, gosh. All right, Lord, help me through this. All right, you know, I'm doing good. All right, good. Go to the next thing. Oh, something else wrong. Oh, all right, Lord. Lord, help me through this. So I, I know the Lord has made me an obedient person. I know to run to the Lord. And this is not anything like being martyred at all. But it's, this, is, this is perseverance. And my, I'm talking about my faith and who do I run to in these hard times. Next thing, next thing, next thing. Pretty soon, and I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Pretty soon I'm saying, Lord, I'm doing what you're asking me to do. I'm running to you. Why aren't you fixing it? Don't we do that? Like, what is going on? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Where are you? Look, you guys, the stories, especially of Paul, man, there's a reason he wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New New Testament. Like, that guy, through perseverance, and he just kept going back. He kept going back. A little farther in this chapter, 
He is literally stoned. They think he's dead. Like, they had Randy Johnson as pitchers throwing rocks at him. And he, like, they get him out of the city. And he just pops up and goes right back in. Look, we just keep running to the Lord. Whether we see the outcome or not, we need to be like Paul and Barnabas. Lord, use these guys for these examples. It's frustrating. and It is frustrating. And we say, Lord, where are you? I'm running to you when it's hard. I'm asking you to help me, but it's not getting better right now. Look, you guys, have joy. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's training us. He's discipling us. Right? We have to get that muscle memory to run to him and that faith to know that if it doesn't end up the way we thought it should have ended up at the end of this week, hey, we just keep going one foot in front of the other on his strength, not ours. I want to be very clear about that. Running to him. Lord, give me the next step. Lord, Lord, like, let me just trust you and just keep moving forward. So that's the word for us today, you guys. Thank you for listening to me babble on for probably a little too long. Uh, Let's close in prayer. Father God, would you, uh, man, would you be with us this week, God? Would you make us new today and tomorrow and the next day? Would you just do this work, Lord, that, um, man, we can just persevere through whatever the trial looks like, whether it's on a mission trip somewhere, Lord, whether it's with friends or family, Lord, help us. God, maybe, maybe Satan's just keeping us just an even keel and nothing's wrong. Everything, everything's good. I'm not really falling for the Lord very hard because things are good, Lord. Would you give us a desire to realize that's a scary place to be? We need to, we need to be continually on fire, continually filled with your spirit, God. So would you do that in us? Be the wind in our sails, Lord to help us through those hard times, whatever it is. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you for today, and we praise you for your word and your creation that screams that you are real. Use us, God. Send us out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.